Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code podcast20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store only for our podcast listeners. So podcast20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now let's get to the episode. All right, let's get going on Galatians 6 today. So if you've missed any part of these, uh, we're on uh, the entire book of Galatians. This is the last chapter uh, in, the, in our series here of Galatians. This is Paul writing the letter, uh, his letters to the church in Galatia that he established and kind of um, getting them back right with focusing on the cross, focusing on Christ, focusing on the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Uh, before they were kind of getting a little sideways, talking about whether they need to abide by some of the Jewish laws, whether they need to get circumcised, they're listening to the wrong people. So Paul's kind of correcting them and letting them know, okay, it's time to get back to what I taught you guys, which was Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. So this is the last part of that letter that he wrote in the Church of Galatians. So if you miss any of the first five chapters, check out the other episodes of the podcast uh, or on YouTube, and you can watch them. Um, but uh, and you can catch up if you'd like to do that. Feel free. Feel free to do that. So let's uh, dive into Galatians six today. We harvest what we plant. Dear brothers and sisters, if anyone, if any, I'm sorry. Let's start all over again. If dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Verse 2, share each other's burdens, and in this way we obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. So let's go back to a couple of words that he says here already. We're, we're, we're deep into uh, 1 through 3 here, and it's already good stuff, right? So he talks about basically helping your neighbors. So if your friends and families, if your other believers, your brothers and sisters in Christ, are dealing with sin, are battling something, we should help that person get back on the right path. It goes back to Christ's words, Jesus' words, when uh, one of the disciples, <clears throat> excuse me, asked him, what was the greatest commandment? And, and, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But the other one that's equally as important is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he's harping those words of Jesus coming back to go, okay, I'm going to end this letter with making sure that you're focusing on each other. Share each other's burdens, and this is the way to obey the law of Christ. Not the Old Testament laws, not the Levitical laws, not the Mosaic laws, but the law of Christ, which is an important three words um, as you're focusing on what the law of Christ is versus what the old scriptural laws were. And he's really talking about those, those words that Jesus said about um, you know, the most important commandment there. So if, if you think you're too important, if you think you're too good to help your neighbor out, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. He's not trying to demean the people in the church of Galatia, what he's trying to do is humble them a little bit. Of like, hey, this isn't about you. 
This is about Jesus. And through Jesus, you need to make sure you help your brothers and sisters who may be struggling with sin, who may be struggling with going down the wrong path and getting them back to the right path, as he says in verse 1. So I don't know who in your life may be struggling today. You may have somebody in your family. You may have some friends of yours that maybe are falling down the wrong path. It's your duty as a child of God, as a Christ follower, to help them get back on the right path. We're not too important, self-important, to help our friends and family and neighbors. So stay focused on that today. All right. Verse 4, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will uh, get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Conduct. Verse 6, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Verse 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. For those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. I have that highlighted in my Bible. I mean, think about and have a sip of coffee. Where is your focus? Is your focus only to satisfy your own sinful nature, which we all have, let's be honest. And as he talked about the first part of Galatians 6, our, our friends and family may be dealing with that struggle with their sinful nature as well. So for, if you're satisfying your own desires, worldly desires, your own sinful nature, that's only going to result in decay and death. But the, if you live to please the Spirit, capital S, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So where is your focus today? Is your focus on thinking that you want to satisfy your own worldly desires and lusts and, and sinful nature? You feel like maybe your ego is so big where you're only focused on yourself? What Paul's written here is, hey, you're fooling yourself. Focus on other people. Focus on your neighbor. Focus on the Spirit. Right? If you live in, to please the Spirit, if you're living to please God, and not yourself, or even your fellow man for that matter. You'll harvest everlasting life from the Spirit, from God. Verse 9. So let's uh, not get tired of doing what is good. <clears throat> I always like that, that saying right there. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I think sometimes we get complacent. And we get tired. And that, and that comes with whether, whatever you're focusing on in life, right? If, if you get tired of reading the Bible, you get tired of helping other people. It's, it's our human nature to turn back around and get complacent with wherever we are in life. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Because I think we all inherently are good, right? Um, I think all of us, everybody watching this right now, wants to do good, wants to please God, wants to take care of others. But sometimes it's hard to stay focused on that with life pulling us the other way. So I love the fact that Paul's reminding us of let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's stay focused on what is doing of doing good. Let's let's stay focused on those good works. Not because it's earning our place to heaven, it's because we are saved, we want to do good works. Okay? Let's not get those too confused. That's a whole nother podcast or a whole nother video. All right, verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good for everyone, especially those 
and our family of faith. So what are you doing today to do good? What are you doing to help your family of faith, as he calls it? Like, if you go to church regularly, you're sitting in a pew on, or chairs or whatever you sit on on Sunday mornings, and you're looking around at the congregation, you should care about the people that are living that life with you. Because many of them are part of the first part of Galatians 6, which is they're being overcome by sin and, and falling in the wrong path. Let's be honest. We all do that at some point. So we should make sure we need to help them all the time. All right, wrapping up. Um, this is a short book, I told you guys. Paul's final advice. Let's have a sip of coffee and we'll dive into verse 11. I like this part. So verse 11 is a side note from Paul. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. He is putting such an emphasis on, I need y'all to hear what I'm about to say. I'm writing this in large letters, my own handwriting. I'm not, nobody's dictating it for me. I need y'all to pay attention. Okay, I'm, I'm wrapping up this letter to the Church of Galatia, and I need you guys to pay attention to what I'm about to say. Because I'm about to wrap it all up. Alright, verse 12. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. Alright, so... If you go back to the first uh, five books or five chapters of Galatia, he's really emphasizing, especially in the first couple, that, hey, abiding by the old laws, the old scriptural laws are not going to get you into heaven. Okay, Getting circumcised is not going to change anything. That's the Old Testament. Now we're talking about the New Testament. That's the Old Covenant. Now we're talking about the New Covenant. The New Covenant with God is through Jesus Christ. So he, now he's kind of going back to that and going, hey, if you have people in your life that are trying to force you to be circumcised, all they want to do is look good. All they want to do is the fact that they want to show other people that, hey, I'm doing what I, what I need to do to get to heaven. I need to do to, to earn favor with God. And they're making sure everybody knows about it. It's all about the show, right? It's all about the comparison. It's all about the show, right? It says, even those who advocate circumcisions don't keep the whole law themselves. They're hypocrites. He's calling them out. They only want you to be circumcised so that you can boast about it and claim you as a disciple. So what he's saying is those people out there, and they're trying to pull these new Christians, right, Jews and Gentiles alike, back into the old Jewish laws, they're not in your best interest. They're trying to do this for the show. And so they, so you'll be their disciples as opposed to Jesus' disciple. Now, that's pretty strong words, but it's accurate. Verse 14. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of Lord Jesus Christ. Period. So Paul's saying, I'm not going to be doing that to you. I'm not going to force you to get circumcised. I'm not going to tell you that the old ways are the ways. What I'm telling you is, the only thing I'm going to boast about, the only thing I'm going to brag about, the only thing I'm going to yell from the mountaintops about, is that is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Paul wants everybody to be focused on that. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. 
That's an interesting way of saying it because you got to realize who Paul was before. Before he was saved. He was a persecutor of Christians, right? He was leading that charge in many ways. And he was changed through Jesus. So what he's saying is the interest, my interest in this world has been crucified. His focus and his care about the worldly things and the sinful nature of this world <clears throat> died on that cross. He is, he is born again through Jesus Christ. And the interesting thing is the world's interest in me has also died. That's an interesting point because it's like once you accept Jesus and you're a Jesus, fully a Jesus follower, people will dismiss you. They want you to be active in the world and not in Christ. So he, what he's saying is I left all that behind. And because I left all of it behind, I don't care about the society. I don't care about our culture. And it doesn't care about me. And that's okay. It, uh, 15. It doesn't matter whether you have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether you have been transformed into a new creation. doesn't matter on the old laws. It only matters the fact that you're born again in Christ. 16. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live in this principle. They are the new people of God. And this is a bold statement as, as the Jewish people at the time were considered themselves the only children of God. The people of God. Right? And he's saying, hey, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who live in this principle, which is not the circumcision of the old laws, only in Christ. They are the new people of God. For now on, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body, the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Verse 18, dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. That wraps up Galatians. So that's a letter from Paul. So how are you feeling today about that? All right. Are you feeling empowered or conflicted by that? Are you, are you feeling that uh, as you read or listen to those words that Paul is calling you out for being stuck in the world and stuck in your sinful nature? Or are you feeling empowered in the sense of, okay, I agree with you, Paul. I, my All my sins in this world and my care about the culture, my care about the society died on that cross with Jesus. And all I am is focused on Jesus. That's the decision we all have to make. And sometimes we have to make it on a daily basis. Right? We make it on a, um, a large, fundamental, life-changing basis when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're baptized in the Spirit. We can go get baptized by the water. Right? But we have to also do that every single day. Right? It feels like for me, and maybe you too, it feels like I have to pick up my own cross every single day. Every day we make that decision to continue to follow Christ. This world is trying to pull us away from that. This world wants nothing. The devil wants nothing more than to distract you and to get you to question your beliefs. So every day we have to stay focused. Every day we have to stay focused and choose Jesus every day. Don't get complacent. Don't get lazy. Don't get tired of doing good, as Paul says. I can't remember what verse I was, but it was somewhere in the middle of Galatians 6. Don't get tired of doing good. Okay. 
keep focused on Christ. All right, uh, that was Galatians 6. That's a great one. I don't know what we're going to start on Monday, but we'll start a new book on Monday. I'll figure it out this weekend, uh, and we'll start a whole new— uh, I don't know if whether we'll, we'll probably do a one-off instead of like a whole book of the Bible, uh, but for right now, I'll pick one, and we'll uh, we'll get going uh, on on Monday again. Okay, uh, pray for me. I think I'm manifesting. Yes, stop manifesting, please, Missy. Is that Miss Ellie? Miss Ellie Jade? Um, stop manifesting. Manifesting does nothing. Praying does everything. Okay. I think we we sometimes this our, our world loves to trick us. Right. The devil is using our our society and our culture to try to trick us. And and manifesting is nothing more than kind of new age gobbledygook that's not real. Sorry. Just speaking the truth here. That's just the truth. So when people say they're manifesting, what they're really doing is praying to nothing. Uh, because God doesn't want to hear you manifest. He wants to hear you pray. You can't will yourself through manifesting or through thinking to cause something to happen. You have to humbly take yourself to God, and I hope that uh, and pray that he guides you on the right path. That's it. All right? So manifesting does nothing. Praying does everything. Stay focused on that. Don't get distracted. Okay? The devil is here in the comment section. It always is. Every time, I'll tell you. Uh, every time on these uh, on these lives and these videos, we get the devil gets in, in these uh, in the comment section. So uh, put your question in. I'm going to answer a few questions now, and uh, we'll get going with our weekend. I can't believe it's already Friday. As I mentioned, if you missed uh, the first uh, five uh, chapters of Galatians, uh, please go back and listen to the podcast. And we have them all up everywhere you listen to Apple, Spotify, all over the place. Uh, all right, all right. Let's see what we got. Uh, I need prayers. I'm about to lose my home because I'm an orphan living with my siblings. I am so sorry. You were definitely in our prayers today. Uh, okay. Is going out to nightclubs or shows a bad thing? Uh, thanks for the question. If you answer some more questions in there, uh, I would say, uh, it depends, right? Uh, it depends on what you're doing with that. If you're going out to nightclubs or to, uh, to clubs in general or whatever there, and if you're doing it only with the intention of sinning, um, uh, then probably not such a good thing. If you're going out to spend time with uh, friends and have a good time uh, with, uh, uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. But you've got to make sure that you're glorifying God in everything that you do. So you got to ask yourself: Is going to a nightclub and partying, assuming you're maybe being around people, or maybe you're drinking and partying yourself, is that glorifying God? Probably not. Uh, so you got to ask yourself: uh, You know, are you doing everything that you do in your life glorifying God? Now, the answer is going to be no, but the goal is to do that, right? Uh, I try to glorify Christ uh, all day long in everything that I do. Do I fail at that? Yeah, I do fail at that. Uh, but I want to make sure I make good choices and not put myself in situations that are going to cause me to fail. That makes sense? Uh, I, I can't imagine going to a, a nightclub and partying uh, is a good environment that's going to help you become closer to Jesus. Now, fundamentally, going out uh, to a bar or to a club or to a restaurant and dancing and stuff, is that sinful? Not inherently, no, but... Um, there's a lot of sin going on there, I guarantee you. I've been there, trust me. I'm, uh, I'm almost 50 years old. I lived a, a sinful life uh, when, I was, was, uh, when I was younger. I grew up in the church, but um, you know, I, I am no different than any other uh, uh, human out there when you get in your teens and your 20s making poor decisions. So I, I certainly made my fair share, uh, that is for sure. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to help others be better, that is for sure. All right, answer, ask some more questions, and I'll answer uh, you know one or two more. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, any tips on fasting? That's a good one. We don't talk about fasting a lot. Uh, I don't talk about fasting a lot. Um, 
Uh, I, I don't know why, to be honest with you. I don't know why. Any tips on fasting? I would say there's lots of ways to fast, right? Uh, you can fast from food, which is the most common one. Uh, you can fast from drinks or, or decisions or social media, or there's lots of other ways to fast. So uh, I, I find uh, fasting uh, to be very hard, if that makes sense, and it's supposed to be. What fasting is supposed to do for you is to get you to uh, focus only on your relationship with Jesus and be humble in his presence. So whether you're hungry or whether you're distracting yourself from things, I do fast uh, across the across the year in different ways. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, whether it's social media, I usually take a, a social media fast uh, all of January. Not for you guys, but like my personal uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff, I, I totally get off uh, for months at a time. Um, just to try to get away and cleanse myself from what I see all day long. So uh, I would say uh, tips on fasting, do it and do it often. Uh, if you feel like you're distracted in this world and you need to get closer to God and you need to kind of purge, purge some things out of your life, that could be considered fasting. And maybe that's food, and that's the easiest and the best way. It's challenging. Uh, it's easy to turn off Facebook for a month. It's hard not to you know eat as much or not to, to drink as much. Uh, so that's a challenge. So do something, I would say challenge yourself with your fasting and don't do what's easy, if that makes sense. Uh, all right, let's see uh, a couple more questions here. Let's see what we got here. Um, all right, how do we answer that Jesus is God, but he is not all-knowing since he doesn't know the time of his second coming? I mean, that's a good point. I, I think what what you've got to understand, is certainly other um, you know, non-believers don't understand, is how the Trinity works, Right? Three and one. First uh, John one says, "In the beginning was the Word. Word was with God. The Word was God." He's referring to Jesus. And even in Genesis one, it refers to uh, God. It also talks about God of the Spirit. So it's like referencing the fact that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there at the beginning, and they share everything together. What Jesus is referencing in that in that uh, verse, in my opinion, and this would be uh, taken other ways, is the fact that. Uh, at that time, he was fully God and fully man, right? He knew what was happening, but he didn't know when he was going to come back again. Uh, he hadn't gotten back up to heaven uh, to kind of plan that a little bit. That's kind of an archaic way of looking at it. Do I think Jesus is in heaven now not knowing when he's coming back? I don't think so. I think at the time when he was here on earth as fully man and fully God, maybe he didn't know. Maybe it wasn't planned yet. Maybe the Father hadn't planned that yet. But do I think at this point, does the uh, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I think they're all aligned. So I don't know how to take that or how to describe that to a non-believer because they're not going to understand the Trinity. So maybe focus on that first uh, as you're trying to explain it, as opposed to getting into the hardcore detail of uh, you know what, what Jesus meant when he said that 2,000 years ago. Because uh, if somebody doesn't understand who Jesus is, and doesn't understand the, the relationship between Jesus, the Son, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit, then they're not going to understand what Jesus means in his words. So I, I would encourage people to read all four Gospels and not focus too much on the second coming. Um, you you got to think, at the time, the disciples uh, thought that he was coming back during their lifetime. So we don't know. He doesn't know. The disciples didn't know. At some point, he's going to come back. Okay, at some point, Jesus is going to return. Will it be in our lifetimes? I don't know. Nobody knows. God knows. We don't know. Right. And that's okay. So I, I don't try to focus too much on that. 
you read the news and you look around and it feels closer and closer. But is that in our lifetime? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. When I say that, if he comes back today, I am worshiping him. And that is going to be glorious. If he doesn't come back in my lifetime, that's fine too. I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> i got a lot of stuff that he wants uh, me to do on this earth. So kind of live ready, but he's going to do what he's going to do. And, uh, and uh, I wouldn't be afraid of it, if that's your point. Definitely not afraid of it. All right, one more question, and we'll get out of here to our weekend. Um, does God want me... Here's a good one. Hold on, let me have a sip of coffee in this one. Does God want me to change, want me to change me as an introverted, shy Christian? Or do I accept this is how he made me? You know, uh, Jesus loves you the way you are, but he doesn't always want you to stay that way. Okay? Part of the commandments and part of the, uh, what Jesus told us when he was on earth is that he wanted us to go out and make disciples of disciples. Okay? Just because you're an introverted, shy person doesn't mean that you can't do good God's work. Okay? Does he want to change you? Depends on what you mean by that. Does that mean, are you thinking that God wants you to be a huge extrovert and not shy? I don't know. Maybe that's not his purpose for you. His purpose for you, for all of us for that matter, is found in Matthew. Love God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Period. Can he do that as an introverted, shy person? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, I, I'm fairly introverted myself it may not have come across that way because i'm on video all the time and, and i started this account and i'm i'm, I'm kind of out there with my faith um but i would say it was probably safer for me um many years ago when i started my twitter account for living christian it was just tweeting because i could just do it anonymously so did he change me yes he did he took me from somebody who for i would say five years on this platform i could not put my face up here and do videos I was comfortable, right, posting Instagram images and so forth. I was comfortable in that nature. But then he pushed me. He pushed me one day to do a live and just to put myself on video and not be afraid. And now I don't have any problem doing them. I do them every Mondays and Fridays. Was I scared at the beginning? Absolutely. Was I uncomfortable? Absolutely. But God pushed me out of my comfort zone. So I would challenge you. To pray to God today, whoever asked that question, I apologize. If you're shy and introverted as a Christian, pray and ask them what ask him what he wants you to do next. If there are barriers, he will alleviate them, okay? If there are barriers, he will move them, okay? But he'll change you when he wants to. You don't have to force it, I promise you. Sometimes you got to take that leap, Right? You gotta be like Peter. You gotta be willing to get out of the boat and walk on. Try to walk on water. You gotta be willing to do those things, right? So when God puts something in front of you, maybe just try to be brave and take that first step and see where it goes. I promise you, it will be awesome. Okay, God will help you get through those challenges. I promise you. Okay, uh, do you ever feel unmotivated uh, to wake up? And do these podcasts? If so, what do you do? Well, that kind of goes back to what I was just talking about. Um, yeah, I would say sometimes I'm, I'm unmotivated. Uh, I didn't do a, lo a lot of podcasts and stuff this summer. I took some breaks. I think it's healthy to do that sometimes. Um, but um, what do I do? I, I just I just do it. Um, for me, it's God has led me to do this, and God has made me comfortable in doing this. And hopefully, you guys are enjoying it, right? 
Uh, hopefully you guys are getting something out of these things. Uh, but uh, I would say for the most part, it's like waking up and, and scheduling my Twitter feed out or reading my Bible every morning or, or whatever that may be. You get into the routine, you become comfortable and you want to do those things. So do I get motivated to do these lives or these uh, podcasts sometimes? Yeah, occasionally, but for the most part, I'm kind of excited about it. It's a way for me to uh, keep me focused as well, if that makes sense. It helps me make sure that I'm reading the Bible more than just my Bible plans or whatever else I'm doing. I'm actually diving into my hard Bible and not my view version app and talking to you guys. So it keeps me focused as well. So I enjoy it. I probably get as much out of these things, if not more, than you guys do. So do I get discouraged or sometimes? Yeah, sometimes when you got all these comments going back and forth and, and people are uh, um, being hateful on here, it discourages me and I don't, it kind of messes with my motivation. But uh, in reality, I pray and I get over that pretty quick. Uh, I'm doing what God wants me to do. At least that's the way it feels. So uh, anyways, all right, let's uh, have a sip of coffee and we'll pray. I'm going to pray for you guys today and pray for this world. It feels like an uh, uneasy time right now. With uh, lots of uh, nuclear war talk in Russia and bad things happening in the world, and it's just, um, especially in my country, United States, uh, we're just so divided and so just eaten up by, not by God. I mean, I'm talking about uh, um, all the things that we're fighting about in this country. I'm very discouraged by it, so I want to pray to God for all those things today. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you, first and foremost, for bringing us to the book of Galatians. We're so thankful that you gave us this platform to discuss it and to read it and to get through and learn some lessons from Paul about how we need to stay focused on Christ. Not to get too hung up on the Old Testament, not to get hung up on the old laws, but to focus on the fact that Christ is our only way to the Father. And we're so thankful for that. We're thankful that you gave us that, that lesson. We're thankful that you gave us the path and the opportunity to be with you. We're so thankful. Lord, be with everybody watching this on video or listening to this on the podcast today. Lord, just be with them this weekend. Keep them safe. Keep them close. Keep them focused. Help, get, help them have the strength to get through and battle our society and our world right now because it is a battle. Finally, Lord, if we need help, be with the leaders of this world. We're in tumultuous times right now. It's, 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 it's scary, but we know our faith is stronger than our fear, Lord. We're putting our faith in you to guide us through this stage of our history. We trust you with wherever you're going to lead us right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, y'all have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll see you guys on Monday for a, uh, another episode and another book of the Bible. It's crazy. Uh, if you missed any of this, check it out on the podcast. Uh, until next time, um, love you guys. Keep Jesus in heart forever on your mind.